You're listening to the Warheads Podcast. Welcome to the Warheads Podcast. A very special podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's SPG in case anyone wants to know. That's SPG. Yeah, I'm, I'm practicing my um, hip-hop um, intro um, ad-libs. Yeah, a.k.a. A- a- pontification skills. <laughs> and joining us today... <laughs> well, you know what? You guys introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Sibrizy Third. S-I-V-R-S. Oh, you want to pick it up? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, old yeah, school? yeah, yeah. Yeah, my name is Sibrizy Third. S-I-V-R-S, the third. T-H-A. Uh... <laughs> Third, if you can't spell it, it's like an ebonic session. They feel like E40 yeah, is just gonna. Me, like, you can find me on Instagram. I just hear chilling. Uh, next to me is uh, you want your real name or you want your alias? We want your street name. We want your street name first. Yeah, it's Ghost. He's uh, on uh, It's all right, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Second in command at Red L Records. Yo, yo, and we yo. just here kicking it with you guys from Warehead Podcast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> kicking it, drinking a sip one. My <laughs> God, gosh, golly. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and shout out to Amon the cat. Yeah, my Amon's been the anonymous one. Yeah, man. very welcoming. He's currently guarding us. Your man's a lion, just <laughs> just, <laughs> just, <laughs> <that door. laughs> just at the door. Yeah. So, Sivs, thank you so much for coming through, bro. Like, I kind of feel like this pod was in the making for like what seven eight years, years, seven years. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was looking to come and chop it up, y'all. Since like true to where these. And then just because like Robin has always been like a really good friend of mine, good mentor, like in terms of hip hop and just in life. So I always wanted to just come through. Well, thanks. Talk thanks, thanks. Pop, you know? I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For and, sure. and, 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 uh, <clears throat> I have looked upon you, student. I have found you worthy. Um, it's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, you're right. We've wanted to do this for a long time. Uh, I've got uh, very fond memories of a uh, young, um, real name, real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sim is the third. Um, <laughs> very true, bro. Um, after biology class, yeah. trying to just talking about hip hop. Yeah, yeah. It just took me on a very long journey. Um, I I was just running through this in my head earlier today. Like, when I first started rapping, I wasn't even interested in, like, hip-hop as a child. Like, I was more into R&B and soul and uh, reggae, obviously. But then my brother was really heavy into hip-hop. So he would get, like, all these CDs every time. Like, you know, my dad and my mom would go overseas or travel or if he could get them locally, just rip stuff, you know. Like, where it is. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, but you would have, like, records, like, Nas and... Um, Godson and Nostradamus and uh, Biggie's Ready to Die. And I really started rapping because at the time he was playing some music in his room on Sunday because my I also was very religious, but my brother was not. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was playing Ready to, Ready to Die. Ready it day? was The What with Method Man and Biggie Smalls. And I was just like, yo, classic. what is classic what is this beat? Classic record. I was I was just drawn to his room. I don't even know what happened. I was just like very drawn to the room. And I came in and I just heard, excuse me, flows just flow through me like leaves from branches, cliffs to avalanches. It's the print. I was like, hey, this man just pick up in a song, bro. And hey. I was, that's it. I don't know how many times I've told this story, but probably a couple of times. But it's like, that's what really got me interested in hip hop. And I just went down the rabbit hole. 
And after that, I got disconnected from hip hop for a while. I was listening to, so I was listening to rap, but it wasn't like traditional rap. It was more like, you know, like Kid Cudi. And I, I don't really consider like Kanye, like traditional hip hop in any sense of what it started out in the 90s. Right, right, right. You know? And uh, I was at school after class and I'm just talking rap with the guys. And uh, Robin just jumped in. He was like, yo, dog, like, da da da. We were just talking about rap. And it, it didn't feel like a teacher, student. <laughs> I was kind about of to say. It was, more like a, it was just like, yeah, we just love hip hop. We just love the yeah, sport you, that was hip hop. But you know, that's the thing about you, Sips. I feel like you you always felt like one of us because mm. you just love hip hop. You're not, yeah, you're not like, first. you know, it's not like some random cameo and you're wearing gold chains sitting on a couch in the club. Like, you yeah. seriously about this hip hop life. I mean, that's part of the culture too, Amy. <laughs> but <laughs> that's part of the culture too. Um, but yeah. Last part of the story I would mention is like I didn't really know about like that like kind of like new soul fusion hip pop side of things and then yeah, let me just see if I'm on here. <laughs> Wait, I didn't really know about that like um side of hip hop where it was like Tilip Kwali kind of fusing and he actually recommended uh Revolutions per minute. Uh, I talk about that on my on my album too. Like that that album really changed. That started another rabbit hole. I went down that and I discovered like. Fuji's and and like early like Outkast and like most deaf and it was just like yo these men really doing this on a different level bro yeah, like, it wasn't as gritty as the commercial rap that they would push like the violence the time, and the, the time, anger and the, like the you know misogyny and whatever I mean like you had elements of it or whatever but it was like these guys were like trying to solve a really bigger problem mm. you know and mm. I always try to like incorporate mm. that in my music too. That that's um yeah. that yeah that brings back some memories on Revel. Me feel quiet and reverent. <laughs> Yo, you know what's one of the one of the albums he recommended me that I listen to to this day and I still mess with it. Uh, Blue Below the Heavens. Uh, with uh, dog, I love that one, bro. Just the Real intro talk. track alone. Blue and Exile. <laughs> yeah, dog, crazy. Blue and Exile. B L U and Exile. Yo, it's true. That you don't know what I'm music, yo. I've li- I listened to Below the Heavens like. 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's like me being humble because I think I've listened to that much more than that. It's just crazy. And from top to bottom, I just loved everything about it the storytelling, the choice of beats, the fact that I have like little skits in between it. And like, I kind of really strive to, I had to kind of adjust to the era because the era doesn't, the music doesn't sound like that anymore. So if yeah, it really doesn't. Now, I, I kind of use like, that new age kind of way of rapping with like an old school style of like cadence. So it's like Fox. I don't really try to rhyme. And at some point I was like, you don't rhyme all your bars. I was like, nah, like I try to tell a story and then I still add any elements of like, you know, adding in similes and metaphors and that kind of stuff. Similes. Yeah. So some of these new guys can't even spell simile B. Oh could be here. Uh, Metaphor? M- be- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's true. You're good. But it's like okay. um that's like all of I love all of it, man. I love all the new and the old stuff. Like I'm a fan of Lil Baby, I'm a fan of Jay-Z. Lil Baby can rap though. He can. Yeah, but he, he does it still very modern. I yeah. like Roddy Rich too. Yeah, but um, I mean yeah, the thing is about it is that um I am a You don't want this smoke. 
Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, he has something on his head. So I had to, yeah, don't I had mess to, like, with a black man, run, boy. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, can't wait, man. Need to can't wait a black man, woman, a black man car. And this is a really rum. nice. This is a really nice set of rum that we're drinking here. Right, they're not gonna plug the um the, the brand yet. right now. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Sure. Correct. So um yeah because like um I I a lot of people. I, I fall into the, like, yes. I oh, God. God. You're Here it cool. is again. Again. So there's some running jokes on the Bro. podcast, right? But I fall into the category of an old head. Right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not. Okay. Fully. Not fully, no. No. I really, I really appreciate modern hip hop. Okay. I continue to listen. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, come on. I mean, you know, my roots are where they are, but... um. Yeah, there are a lot of new artists that definitely. I feel that like what the guys are doing is that they're kind of like lucky. People always get on Nas for like how his beat song, mm-hmm. but like that's what the man had to worry though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they didn't have like all these spectrums and the programs back then that they could make like you know synthesizers and futuristic. Don't excuse songs. him. Don't you dare <laughs> so, excuse so you him. That beats too? Oh God, here we go. That's you listen to spot. you listen to Nas. Um, King's Disease. Yeah, I did. What? How you felt about it? I think, I think your boy did a really good job pro- providing production for. <laughs> <laughs> Listen for, to me. For what me, Nas was trying to do. Uh, me, um, me and. This is why. This, this is why we need video because. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just always just like fool. <laughs> but nah, like re- I really think your boy did a good job. I don't think it all depends on like what kind of Nas fan you are. Correct. Are you like a new Nas fan or like you a traditionalist Nas fan? Because it's like that's a very interesting concept. I don't, there, I don't, new Nas fan. I Is don't, that even possible? I don't think that some of Nas's older fans like hearing him on modern beats. And two part to that is I don't think that they mind hearing him on modern beats once it is still like a connection to what brought him into the game. So like as Fair much enough. as people like crap on Kanye, Fair enough. Fair that seven track project, all the beats and the samples chosen by Kanye still kind of complement what Nas really came in for. I felt like they just created like a. Oh, we talking about which record we talking about? about? So, so, so this talking is about Nasir versus King's, King's Disease. Disease, right? Okay, okay, cool. So it's like I feel like I want to say he did a better job. I mean, I guess it depends on who who listening. But I just try, I just try to see like where these guys. Like Nas, I like Jay Z. Like, what beats will you choose in this era where everything is so very fast paced? Mm. You know what I mean? Most rappers don't rap like even the big guys now don't really rap like the cadence where it's like taking your time to explore thoughts and ideas on verses. You know what I mean? Kendrick, Cole, I, to me, they're like more modern rappers, but they are. They are. Still, they are. They're yeah. still traditional hip hop people to me, but even they don't rap. That very slow on most of their records, no, no they, very fast um, paced. They they do not, but I. <clears throat> so you do um, not like King's Disease. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I <laughs> I'm gonna say that I keep up with them because as much as they are rapping at a higher tempo, mm. I the content the question they might but hard be because is, is you like, know do they like it they might what, King's like. Disease? You didn't like it. Like, be I, real. Nah, I did not like it. Oh, fair. I, did you I, like Nasir? Oh, there. I I hated that even more. Okay, more, okay, yeah. okay fair enough. And and, so and you do not enjoy Nas on modern production. That's not what it's about at all. Okay. 
So what's your qualm? I, I I I couldn't wait to hear Nas on Modern Production, mm-hmm. but maybe I didn't understand how Nas would sound on 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 New Production. However, okay. To be fair, here's the thing: my we talked about this last last podcast, yeah, and I it. said that I felt like Nas doesn't have much to say anymore. Mm. He's singing old. You don't want guy. Now you don't want to smoke. I'm on. Stop it. <laughs> like he's seriously like, do I need to give you a glass? <clears throat> this cat. Um, or the cat a drink. Or the cat a drink. <laughs> uh yeah. So I'm so like what I'm saying is that to get to the point of this, um, I just feel like he's not hungry. Mm. He hasn't been hungry for a long time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, as an older guy, I can understand the feelings about being more concerned with quality of life. Mm. Um, and just lounging and, 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 and enjoying what you've achieved. Mm. Um, but that doesn't make for necessarily particularly compelling raps as far as I'm concerned. And so a lot of his raps, I felt, were very much about... Rick Ross-ish? Ugh. Hmm. Hmm. It's just very much... That's an interesting comparison. Well, well, you can talk about that. You can talk about that Rick Ross comparison. I'm going to say... I'm not going to say ever say Ross and Nazo on the same level but what i will say is i noticed what you're talking about like that's that luxury like, right exactly like, kind of like yeah like, this is the highlight yeah this is the highlight right like, i referenced that dave Chappelle joke where he's like he's in a club with nas and nas goes <laughs> yeah we really came a long way from the projects right b and dave was like oh no <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I didn't. I, I, he was like, Dave was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But Dave didn't grow up in projects. He exactly. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he, he, <laughs> Suburbs. Mom was like, parents allowed me to grow poor around white people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Love so, it. It was just like, love and it. That's how I feel about Nas. I feel like that's his. He's very, as he should be, thankful for life. Hey, where he is. Hey, I mean. Um, but like I said, I mean, that hunger, like I still hear the hunger in Kendrick's voice every time you drop a project, bro. And that's crazy to me. If you really know his story. And like all the projects he put out before Good Kid Mad City, before Section Eight, and to still be able to rap with that like that gusto, like that vigor, is very interesting. That you know, it's very hard to stay hungry when you when you, I guess when you're rich or in a better position. What what SPG wanted to say was that the the album felt a little lazy because we understand the lyrical dexterity that Nas has. Mm. So is. I can say it has, mm-hmm. right? It's not like he's like a new kid. Like he he knows how to get on a track and mm-hmm. like sure. and work it. And so I think that the expectation and that's 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 the mess up part when it comes to like artists and artist tree and stuff like that. You there's always an expectation. Are you okay or do we need to go sign the press? No, you're good. <laughs> um, there's an expectation that when Nas touches his track, it's gonna be like mm-hmm. kind of like how we felt when we knew that Jay Let was dropping. First album, did I don't know whatever that was. <laughs> you listened to it, that was a dud to me, <laughs> yeah. But why did you have like high hopes for it? Um, no, I know I, we into some like so, hip hop so, fan, so, shit. and yeah, we should yeah, be talking yeah. about you. We should be talking about you, Sibs. I guess we, we, we can recenter after <laughs> this. But what I will say about Jay Let is that, like, um, I think he's a dope lyricist, he is. Um, but Facts. like a lot of dope lyricists, he suffers from what I call the writer's curse. He can rap really well, but 
in terms of putting together a good song, mm. not really his forte. I'm not so sure if it's about a good song as much as it is about a good project. And we've talked about this on more than mm. one occasion. But like a good project is a collection of good songs, though. It True. is. Fact. But mm. how many good songs can you put out? You see, sometimes, okay. mm. like sometimes you, I, I wonder if when um, an artist like GLX sits down, well, I can't, I shouldn't say GLX, but when certain artists sit down and decide, I want to make an entire project, mm -hmm. that's 10 songs, mm -hmm. 10 songs of how many, bar, how many, um, how many verses? Am mm -hmm. I doing two verses per song? Am mm -hmm. I getting some people to come in and collab with me? So I don't have to do two, three verses a song. And so it becomes a situation where 10 songs, 15 songs becomes what? 40 something verses, mm. 30 verses, how many? And do you have enough to say? I, and so mm. I felt, mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I'm saying this. Yeah, I felt like Jaylet just felt diffused to mm. use a biology term. I, just I think he diffused. felt that people have been waiting so long for it that it would have sell well regardless. No matter what. I think he felt the same way Chauncey Rapper felt about the big day. Whereas, like, I am Chancey Rapper or I am Jay Electronica, people will buy my stuff. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Unfortunately, they don't, they're not allowed the courtesy of, say, like a Jay-Z who's had a decade of putting in work where he could, like, drop something that may not hit, like a, like a, I want to say for, what, what was Mike, what was it? Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Like, mm -hmm. that wasn't a bad project, but for a lot of people, like, that wasn't, like, uh, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. wasn't no... It wasn't no blueprint. One. I got, I got, I got, right, I got put you on the spot. What's your, was, what's your favorite? No what's your favorite? What's your favorite Jay album? Lost, you know. It wasn't no um, Kingdom Come. It wasn't. Sims, like what's your favorite Jay Z album? My favorite Jay Z album would have to. Be. I already know what mine is. Uh, I I really enjoy Kingdom Come. You like Kingdom that's, Come? When I was growing up, that was what I was like hearing a lot. Mm. So I guess I mean, I, I none of the blueprints. None of the blueprints. One and two, not so much a plan of three. I like 444. Blueprint 2. You prefer 2? I, I prefer Blueprint 2, but the Blueprints for me, though. Yeah, I really yeah. like Blueprint 3, and I really liked Magna, Magna Carta. Holy Grail. Yeah. yeah. I liked it, too. But I mean, in terms of, um, I don't even know what I was trying to reference. All right, I think, right, what I was trying to say is, like, I think Jay is afforded the courtesy of, like, yo, I've put up, I have that batting average. Yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. All my yeah. songs don't hit that way. It's not because like I don't have anything to say. It's like I've said so much already. already? <laughs> fair so enough. However, That's I fair don't play. Think Chance and J Electronica, J Electronica, sorry, are low that courtesy because it's like, what have we really heard from them? Dude, J Let ain't tell me nothing. Yeah. That I am J Electronica or I am Chance um, Rapper. What J Let got? Exhibit C? Whatever I want. Exhibit A, Exhibit C, Exhibit B. That's it. That's all he um, has. And I mean, and 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 but you see, this is the thing. We were we we talked about this on a previous um episode where we were talking about the the greatness disease. Mm. Every rapper who has put out exceptional work mm. and has had critical acclaim that that ped pedestals them, mm -hmm. puts them up in, in the top five, people Correct. top ten and that kind of thing. Correct. There are a lot of them that suffer from a, a situation where when they start to put pen to paper for the next project, how they're like, follow that? how do you follow that? Yeah. And J-Elect said that on, what was it now? Um, what was the name of that thing? Anyway, J-Electronica said it on that album. He said there was a verse where he talked about um, all the persons asking him, well, why doesn't he put something out? Why is he not making the album? Mm. And he said something along the lines of, 
Um, you want me to wrap my heart out so that just so that you can pull, pick it apart. Mm-hmm. And so there was this, there was this, and then it's something that what's his name, Three Stacks talked about. Oh yeah, I, I I know Eminem talked about it on one of his albums. Fair a lot point. of them talk about having a yeah, team. How do you follow that? Up? How, like Logic talked about. How do you follow Logic talks about it. How do you follow that? Caroline, you, you know what he's doing now? Oh. He's just going around like playing bass like clarinet. Yeah, yeah just, just playing. Bro. Yeah, just playing music for people. for people. And I mean, you know, he's rich, so you know. I think what happened with Andre. Going to another topic in another movie, but it's like, that is not uh, yeah, I, I will say this because, again, like again, like I said at the beginning of this, um, I'm a fan of hip hop, but like I think was was I will go again. Um, what I was saying about um Andre is I think at the end of the day he's still the same Andre 3000 that like he wasn't outcast. I think he just loves like music in general and mm-hmm. like connecting with not necessarily connecting with fans, but creating moments and experiences for people. Yeah, because I felt like all of his music videos were like that. He creates experiences. Facts, you know what yeah, I mean? They're very true. iconic moments. I know I'm not sure if he directed any of them, but it's just like again, even if he didn't come up with the idea, his performances in them. Correct. He his performances really carried over what he was trying to do, you know? Whether it be like his his like more R and B stuff, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or whether it be more his more rapping stuff. Um I think it's really hard to follow that shit up. Especially when you like Sometimes I think Joe Budden said this. He was like, uh, it takes is it him? But I think it's him. I can just get to him. Yeah. I think he was like, It takes you ten years to make your debut project. You put your heart into it, you you all the right connections fall into line. Correct. You know, you get all the singles you need, all the hits you need, all the attention you need. And then what? I mean, like, how do you where do you begin? How do you replicate 10 years worth yeah, of work? Yeah, how, how do you move on from anyway, that? Your label telling you, oh, that was great, fantastic. Let's we do it again. That. We need that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you do that? You know, how do you do that? And that's why I feel like artists like Cole and Kendrick, they disappear. I think they take time. They don't feed into the machine of things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, time to kind of like, because there was a period of time where Cole was that artist where he was dropping a He was just dropping, every, dropping, dropping you know music, I mean? dropping I don't music. Know if all remember like the Silent stories. I think, <laughs> I, I think of you're trash. But I mean, of like, course we the, did. the early Silent story stuff, like, yeah. that was not good, J. Cole. Cole was good when Cole was able to make what he wanted to make. So the warm up, Friday night, like, Young Simba. Amazing. You know, I would love to hear Sibs on Young Simba beat, though. Boom, boom. The video that the man was like going backwards. Oh, so good! But from the moment it was like, you got a good thing. <laughs> like, you, you saw that like, Cole just went, child is all it takes for people to like, love him. Yeah, B. Like, you know like, yeah, a little mainstream bop. Disg- like, and you could hear in his raps, like, he felt disgusted with hip hop. I'm disgusted he with myself. Like, Cold world, like, disgusted, snuggy. And he just rapped. And then even the hits that he had after that, like the singles with like Miguel and just like re- like generic. I love that. I love that track, though. No, I, I say that. Yeah, yeah. Miguel, I that track. Cole, that's hard. Fire. That's a physical. Like, yeah, 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 but I'm just yeah. saying, like, I think he got so into the formula of what rap is that he kind of just was like, nah, let me go back to like what made me who I am. Okay, so cool. Seg, yes. segway. Hey, hey. <laughs> so what I remember. Is that um during the the during the 
the Trudy Wire era. That's how I, I, I yeah. remember it. I remember mm-hmm. you started doing a show called The Avenue. Avenue? Yes, yeah. Sir. So um, tell us about how you move from discussion and discovery of amazing hip hop. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome. Right? I just got the little foot clap. How you went from having those discussions and, 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 and those um, powwows with the guys, right? About hip hop to running that show. So let me tell you how. Yeah. So let me tell you how, how my mind worked. So I was recording an EP called So Soulful. That never came out and never will come out because me and that engineer is that's that. So soulful. Essentially, I finished. Uh, I finished. EP. Wait a minute. They sent me back the masters and the mixes. They were trash, and I told him about it. And he was like, "Oh, just gonna play in your car. You just got bad oh. speakers." I don't oh. mind, but pro at this time, wait a minute. So I'm just like, ain't getting better than them. You know what I mean? I so he was like, "Want to play in your car and listen to it?" And it was like. It was just mixed masters, but I know I'm gonna call the money because this is my livelihood. This is what the miners do for a living. So I was like, okay, sir, you know, thank you, you very know, much. You know who you are with the bad mix. And I left. You know and who you um, are with music that supposedly only plays well to car speakers. I was I was really frustrated about that, bro, because it was like I wasn't at, I wasn't working nowhere. Okay. I was still at school. Yeah. I was paying for this with like you know like lunch money stuff. Like you know I was getting. Where money. were you at community? I was still at university at this time. Okay. Yeah, I was like first year, like fresh mm-hmm. in university, mm-hmm. or just left Harrison College. Um, but you know, SMS better. Anyway, um, yeah. Just, oh, just, wow. just I love both schools. Uh, <laughs> nah, I love both schools. Man. Uh, yeah. So I just I had left there. I got really frustrated, and I was just saying, you know what, like talking to other artists and stuff that had happened to them too, kind of made me go, okay, so. There's a soccer industry, cool. but there is no music industry. How do I create a music industry? You're talking about some real heavy stuff. You can't stuff Google that right? shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You can. You can try. So 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 wait, so wait, so wait. Before we do this, you got to define what you believe is an industry. Because okay. there are artists who've been so, so doing this I was, for I was, years. I that part. Right. So when I asked myself that question, I started looking at different places and what they did to create an industry. Right. So it's like, I looked at Australia, I looked at the UK. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but in the UK, how rap really got popping, because before it was like a lot of disco, a lot of, a lot of Beatles, a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. was that these guys would use the, they would pirate radio. Okay. So like Tim Westwood with Pirate Radio, he was like a Tim radio. Westwood TV. He would, like, get all the records from the streets. He would pirate like a radio slot and he would play this music. And it was like this is like some real underground shit then. He would take the music that he would get from the from the streets, pair it in the club, and the clubs would sell out. So then the actual radio stations were like, yo, like, how are you doing this, bro? Like, how are you selling out these clubs? He was like, Oh, well, we just just work with the artists, you know what I mean? Like we get rappers from from America to come over. Like we play their stuff because obviously hip hop wasn't really a, a thing in U uh, UK at the time, time. And like he made it a thing, but just constantly just creating content that people really wanted to hear. They wanted to hear the rebellious kind of like edgy mm-hmm. era that hip hop was in. And he transitioned from being a pirater. One of the biggest voices in hip hop for a period of time. Got that right. Before Charlie Sloth and you know the other newer guys came in. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. Looked at the Australia scene. 
and these guys were like just gigging, bro. Like they were just doing a lot like pubs and a lot of bars, a lot of, like stuff for free, like building up stuff. And but how, but how, but how are these artists? <clears throat> how are they getting paid? So they're just like booking out like little small, yeah, small things. Like at first it would start off as like you know they're not like making much money from it, but then it became a thing where it's like yo, like Grain became the song of the UK to the fact where like they started cloning guys that from the UK that sound like Americans, Time Tapper. And ah, that was the end of them. Sure. You know what I mean? That was the end of those sure, artists. Like, they make music, they write or whatever, but it's like, if you talk about, like, the history of UK rap, no, you're not going to be like, yeah, Tiny Tempo is my favorite rapper. Correct, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just not, no diss to Tiny Tempo or nothing. Yeah. And what he did, Shout out to Sandy he Lane. was also definitely a person that... Reference. So, familiar with that story? By the time Tampa came here. Did he? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He came here and they had a big bus oh, up at Sandy Lane. Only last week. Seriously, he was here all that time? Want money. Industry. I just watched these stories and I was like, okay. So, from everything I read, the industry has three components. There's radio. There's live shows. There is a need or a demand for the music. And there are the artists. Right? How do you get all these connected? Right. So, obviously... I did not take that is my manager's phone ringing. I did not take uh oh is it wrong? phone was ringing. Oh, right. Was I did I did Me not that's take that's on Kalala baby. Oh what is that? I, I, my, my apologies. <laughs> this is the best Bajan pod. Don't you ever forget it. In, in, the, in the island. In the island. In the world. In the Caribbean. Severus talking about creating a music industry. We creating a podcast industry. <laughs> What this dude? He's being <laughs> owned by his phone. No, you know it's that moment we're like, we're full of malfunctions. And just nothing you do. Nothing you do. Nothing you do. Wow. Yeah, and of course it did not take a systematic approach to it because I was young and dumb, and I was like, let's just throw shows. You know what I mean? And yeah, that was it. I literally um. So even I by say, then you were thinking this when you started the avenue. You were thinking yeah, along this line. Yeah, I didn't know wow. a name or anything. Were you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um. I was rapping then. Like I said, so, so for EPI, I was really frustrated. I kind of took a break back from making music and just listening to music. And I went on SoundCloud, oddly enough. And it was just like a bunch of like hungry guys like that just didn't have a way to like a place to go. You know what I mean? Like this is like early Nick Levely. This is like Island Levy. This is like early. Mm. This is like The Void. This is like Prince Pluto. This is like queen like camilla that does more, like more like photography and stuff no this is like uh blow smalls this is like like i mean like you would be crazy like the amount of albums you were going there or like projects that you were going there gibbs of physics you know what i mean like, you were going there and just hear like these men like spinning their heart and i'm like damn that's yeah. crazy you're right you know what Spit, I mean? spinning their heart out is actually yeah. a you know really I mean? like, they good didn't way. have the mix or the mastering obviously because they ain't got the budget for it but it was like what they were saying was very like mm. you know like this could be something so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just take whatever money I have. Like, we washed cars, bro, for the first album show. Like, we went to the supermarkets, washed cars, collected tips, handed out flyers. And I was just Whoa. like, uh, okay, we can get these these first Ross Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's um, so... We asked DJs to, like, come on, like, play for us. You know what I mean? Obviously, we had to like, pay them for, for their price or whatever. But it was like, it was just a sacrifice to kind of create a space where... Rappers could come and be rappers. Like you don't, you don't need to 
Todd, have okay. a soca app. You don't need okay. to have an army. Dude, app. dude. You know, you know how long me and SBG have been saying that we want like and a it's very story aid and dream aid. Nah, I don't say <laughs> as a like, promoter, you go look of a way. But I mean like, we did well though. We did well. You know yeah. We did so I'm I don't even know if I can say this, but like the first three shows of Avenue, the bar in Cove made like 10 to 20 grand in drinks alone. So it's money. It, so it wasn't like we weren't profitable to the, the like to this day. So what like happened, bro? Me, why why do why do you stop it? I was young. We had a young team. <laughs> Someone on our team was robbed. Oh and no! Oh that no! Money that we needed to make that show happen didn't happen. Didn't and happen. That was that. And that was that. Yeah, it was a wrap. So, it, was, it was just a matter of like, would you team up? Would you team up with our heads podcast and start throwing another show again? Hey man, we were actually looking to start my avenue for next year. Funny enough, yo, everything that we don't know, we want in. I'm ashamed. We want in. We want in. Hey, hey, hey. We want, hey, hey. want to be a part of that. So we planning. Yeah, uh, planning. Uh, five shows next year. Mm-hmm. So every other month, skip November, Correct. December. Because n- another little thing is, I want to do a music festival in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I want to be uh, <laughs> I want Correct. to be a multi day. Festival. And not just like I don't want it to be a one not like day. a one-off event. Yeah, You're talking about like a, exactly that isn't a festival. You're right. Yeah. Yo. All right. These, these men know <laughs> what talking about. But yeah. Um. So yeah, we we threw the shows. It didn't went the way we wanted it, but it was a great learning experience. I learned a lot about you know all the stuff that goes into throwing shows, like whether it be stage timing or venue price or whatever, what blah blah blah. Um. And then, like after that, I was just say, "Yo, I I remember I went to one." Mm. Okay, which one you went? Because there was part one was I remember all these shows because like that's like, how many did it. you do like three? So, so I did. It was four. A lot of people don't know about the fourth one because um we had a very short time to promote it and it just kind of happened. But the fourth one was re- I think the fourth one was one of our best shows, right? In my opinion, we had Nate Wells, we had Blow Smalls, we had Sun Rock, we had oh, everybody. It was hard. It was hard. It was just unfortunately. It was just timing. Juve, Yui Juve was the same, same night. Same night. night, correct. And a I lot of our following that. was a lot of like university college students. Where did so you, you guys fall before? It, it was still in, everything was in Cove. Everything in, in Cove. Yeah, it was in the Cove. I remember that um, you had asked Trudy Ware to come through and, and, and judge. Uh, yeah, so that would be part. Judge. Uh, um, three. Was that this was the, the one where you flew in the guy from Love and Hip Hop? No. So that would have been part two. So yeah, so it would have been part two. Yeah, where where asked y'all guys to come and like, you know, because what we wanted to do, but it didn't it didn't come off. It was like a whole, no, that was part one. I know exactly you talking about this when Malik Rogers and Sun Rock battled outside the front. Yeah, yeah, but you made that was crazy, The DJ was playing, and the was like, "Yo, Sims," I was like, "Yo," I was like, "You want to come outside?" I was like, "Why?" I was like, you know, how we didn't have time to do the battle. I was like, yeah, and the man battling outside, though. <laughs> I was like, who battling? Like, how y'all even say? I was like, it's, it's Rock and Malik. I was like, what? what? And I just came out there, Damien is here, his camera, like, recording them. And they're just getting off their bars, bro. And it's just like, Listen, I was like, I yo, that was crazy. That is one of the most hip hop moments. Not to blow, like, to blow my own horn. But to me, that was like one of the most like iconic like hip hop moments in, in Barbados history, bro. Like just coming over there, they're like people like they're you tourists walking past, Whoa. stopping like 
Who who Balik? Who are these guys? You Malik know what I mean? Malik and Rock dog out there. The man just like spitting. And these men and one thing, but Malik Rogers that will always give him like he makes really good music. Uh, lost a little direction in life or whatnot. But that man, when it comes to freestyling, I would say the way his mind works and the way rock mind works. Correct. I would not say that there are any like different in like skill abilities. Well, that is the thing because I remember that at the time, rock used to eat men for breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, lunch, and, and dinner. dinner. Mm. And I don't know about brunch and supper in between. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, they went three, three for three. Like, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget when Malik dropped. It was almost as if Rock. I think Malik went first, and Rock ate the verse. Mm. Yeah. And then Malik was like, "All right, oh okay." And I said, <laughs> I, "I see, so Rock do solo." My level up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> So you know the my used to eating niggas, you know. I never saw that expression on the man's face. I said, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, he shook. Sarah, Sarah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, That was amazing, me. And that was great. I like. I really wanted to. I mean, the love and hip hop show guy one didn't went the way we wanted to, but again, I was just trying to look look at ways. To like again, so like forget I was like you saying again. Love a hip hop. You got so you got, you as got. a promoter, mm-hmm. what was going on at the time was a lot of these guys were throwing facts and right. flaying artists and flaying in personalities. Right, correct. So I was just like, okay, I'm gonna just keep with the trend. Cause my idea for I was always I will always look at what the promoters are doing locally now, take their infrastructure and just insert hip hop in it. Mm. So it was like they were like, you know, at the time they were flaying in um Cardi B wasn't really big yet, but they were flying in Cardi. Yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? They were flying in um, some fitness model. I can't remember her name. You know, whatever, sweetheart. But it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, they was flying her in, and I was just like, all right, cool. Who do we have access to? And the guy at the club, show Soda Herman. He was like, well, my friend is like a music lawyer, and he manages this guy called Nicole London. And it was just like, all right, we just reach out to him, and Nicole was just like, you know, we just come in. Da, da, da. That was a whole mess in itself. That's a story for another day. But it's like, yeah, so the, our idea was to throw the shows. <laughs> and, Part two. <laughs> yeah, the, our idea was to throw the shows and just create like an infrastructure. When the shows didn't work, um, for a while it just was like, all right, cool. Well, I went through full circle. I feel like life is like, like that is like circle. So I went from not making music to focusing on the artists to back to myself. So I just went working on 30 and 3. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, so, that was the beginning so, of Thirty in Theory. Actually, so, the end so, of Avenue was the beginning of that album. So, what's Thirty in Theory? Um, it's a spinoff of Freud, the Freudian theory, where it's like we, we so Sigmund Freud had this theory of the super ego, the id, and the uh, the ego itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like the different aspects of a one person's character. Correct. And I felt like the music that I was making at the time was very like ego. emotional, very very me. To the point where it was like my my, my engineer uh, shout some my mixy, uh, we were recording and he was just like, "Dog, like how you parents can feel when they hear this, dog? Because you like talking with like issues in your life, dog. That was real, like, like real life shit. Just, that's that's, that's it. That's this, is what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. And it's just like it's very it's very personal. Um, Bridgestone was the right after I was the beginning of Bridgestone, so I wrote. Bridgestone, shout out to another friend of mine, Benny Cartier. He was, I'm a host, and we were just listening to beats on YouTube. Um, and this Yondo beat came up called Yesterday, which was the Bridgestone beat. I know, just like, dog, you know, it'd be crazy, dog. And this just gave me, like, 
New York state of mind, like Alicia Key vibes, you know? But like, what if we did like a real like rusty hip hop hook on it? And he was like, yo, what would you do? And then and we were just freestyling. And then like after a bar, it was just like, Bridgetown, I'm from Bridgetown, nigga. He was like, yo, doll, you gotta keep that. And then like, we just recorded it like four, like that was like four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we put it out and everything. But obviously like, at this time, I, w- I didn't have like music knowledge of like distributors and proper albums. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, like, so when did you create this song? This song, I can't, well, four years ago. Yeah, this song actually came out. I remember this song so hard. On select, like my song, know. my song was the first song Listen to on me, select when charts. you first dropped, which song was the first song on select charts? Yeah, well, well, one of the first batch, right? Because at, at the at the time on select charts, you had to submit songs before for their official launch, right? I know that was just a song I sent in, and like, I remember and that's what I me remember. and Paul. Yeah. I remember when I, when the song dropped on select charts, I was like, you, I was like, man, when I hear this, what's funny is. um Bridgestone was on Bridgestone was on SoundCloud before Select Charts for yeah, like a sure. year. <laughs> yeah, 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 correct. Wow. And like that's actually me and Paul got really cool. Um, shout out to Paul from Select Charts. Yo, shout out like, Paul, man. He's a good guy. He would um, he was just like, it was just one day. It was like the second week, and Bridgestone was like, and he talked, man. He just messaged me. He's like, dog, like, I know you can't see the back end, but like, you sound doing crazy numbers here, dog, like. like what can you know here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And we were just like talking because, like, so at that time, like, I think Bridgestone was the, I don't know if it's the only song, but it was the first song to like go like number one three weeks consecutively. Right. And then, like, it was like, in the top 10 for like a couple weeks after that. So I was like, that's awesome, though, Sid. Yeah. Crazy. 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 Yeah. Crazy. Uh, crazy. And he was just like, yo, like, this song hard. To the point where it's like, when I would do open mic night with like Sun Rock and the guys, like, there's this one guy, he was in the crowd. Uh, I don't know if y'all would know him, but his name is Nathan Matt. He does like uh, photography and video and different stuff for like a Daisy. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. was like, dog, like, as a real big fan of yours, dog. I was like, oh, yo, thanks. You know what I mean? Like, it was real cool about it. He was like, yo, so you performing that song for me tonight? I was like, which one? He was like, you only got one song, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, the man is clowning me about that. And I was like, which song this is? Shout out to Nathan, man. He's like, he like, he always like showing me love. Like before, like um, people even knew what Bridgestone was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when I learned more about the music industry, which is this would be at UE, this is when I met Darwin. Mm-hmm. And Ghost, yeah, Ghost. Correct. <laughs> and he was up. Uh, I see you. I'm <laughs> <these streets. laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, and he was just like really into events. And I was really in, and he had come in during like the avenue stages too, like, but he wasn't really a part of it. He was just like helping out when he could. And then like after that, he was just like, yo, I think you got like talent, whatever, let me like, you know, work together. And then he ended up being my manager till now. This was like four years ago. Mm. And we just built. Oh, so this is, this is a long relationship yeah, here. Yeah, for yeah. sure. This is, this is, uh, Yui, was that Yui? Second week at school, <laughs> I tell this man. This is the last semester you see me, buddy. <laughs> and it was gone. Over here. <laughs> right. And it was just like uh, from there, I started working on 30in. And I had just moved away from Bridgestone. I didn't I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just like, all right, yeah, I got some new stuff here. You know, and right. I was just so, writing. So 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 right. So to, to, to bring it back in. My, because my head is blowing. Yeah. Four be. years old? Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. But the, but the track is so good. 
It's track is so good. It's um, a classic, and I'm not saying that in a cocky way. I just no, no, feel like what I like, what I said, and what I talked about on there is <laughs> like Admiral uh, Holloback. It's a hit. Anyway, like it's like um, yeah. Listen for to me, me, you see that way. Well, my just, father you, issues made a, you you. My daddy issues. Joe my daddy, daddy you crazy. crazy. You crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could have a genius moment. We Thank we you. could do a lyric breakdown right now. Cause you said a lot of shit in there that just. I mean, even in the original, all my verses, I said some shit in there. I know I say that, but it's like I really do love that part where like people. Cause my idea for myself as an artist is I want to rap on an international level, but still include elements of my upbringing. Nothing correct, and my story in it. Because I feel like what happens sometimes, and it's not only in Barbados, it's not like a Barbadian problem. Artists that are trying to break into an American market specifically, try yeah. to change their song to fit Correct. to what's going on then. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then the green men and the African men come in and change that whole thing. And it's like, yo, we don't really care if you don't understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean, man? Talking, but we talking if about? I have to say I love you. That sounds in the more so we play Swahili and all that shit. You know what I mean? And it's like these men in Kia dog. These men in Africa, like seven old venues as big as Kensington Oval, as big as like Madison Square Garden eating in Africa. You know what I mean? So it's just like that changed everything. That man changed everything. So it's like, okay, all right, well. So right, so I didn't so 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 bring it to bring it together. Um oops. Can you hear me? Yeah. 30 in theory. You were talking about Freudian Freudian theory. Yeah. And about the about the, ego, the aid and ego. Right. So how does that connect? What 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 what's how did that form what 30 in theory is? Um when you listen to and the, then tell me what 30 when you theory listen is. to the album and it didn't really initially start off like this, it's just like it so with the super ego, the id and the ego, each one represents like a part of a personality. So the super ego is like your your higher consciousness, you know what I mean? Right. Your ego is like who you are and your id is like a spin-off. It's is is like that. Um you watch that cartoon, it's got the angel and the demon on your shoulder. Yeah. It's legit that. It's like and this and so thirty theory is the name I, of the of the of the of the project. Yeah, thirty. Okay. So it's like it's a theory about myself essentially. It's like, do am I the kid that spirals out of control because of everything that happens to me, or do I somehow find a way to like not spiral and fix this shit? You know what I mean? Um. So it's like. I can even go a bridge stone because like this this is a bonus track on the album is but it's still part of the album. You know what I mean, um, Ghost is shaking his head. Severus, yeah, get, get the man. Severus did not want to re-release this. Song. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> no Because like I said, I moved away from bridge stone, bro. I was just saying, no, I'm gonna and, do it. I just like every, I had my thing with it. Almost every <laughs> single week, I'll be like. Severus where we release some break. Show no to Ghost. We'd be going to the studio and he'd just be like, it was like, he was just like, we would finish the album. I was like, yo, what you think? Well, he was like, yeah, no, the album hard, but you're still hard. Really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, like, I just don't care about it. So, so, so tell me, Ghost, what did you what did you see in the track that you felt it deserved the re-release? Oh no, I um I, I am kind of the reason why Severus stopped trying to do yeah, I marketed myself in the international market. Right. Because it was like if people in Barbados don't love you, correct, can love you, correct. Barbados yeah, are the hardest people to please. If you could please Beijing, <laughs> the world is your oyster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the context of that is not—it's not that I really, yeah, I did give up on Barbados. <laughs> I can say wait. Call it for what it is. Avenue left a really bad taste in my mouth. 
You know what I mean? Um, dealing dealing with the artists, like everything that happened. Oh wow! Talking to like people about like how they viewed hip hop at, at the time. Hmm. I kind of felt frustrated. I just was like, yo, like imagine that like, you're trying to do this show, you're trying to like build a showcase for artists, and they're like, oh well, we can't perform as unless we get paid. Like you making money is like. Dog, I'm not spending this money on myself, bro. Like, yeah, like I put in these show together. Hey, here's the funny thing is, right? I think I just say this good. Avenue cost us seven hundred dollars to shoot with the video element of it. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred dollars to edit the episodes. That's fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Aside from that, we spent like a grand on this old equipment. Not to mention that you know some artists couldn't make rehearsals. We picked them up. So um, you know, sometimes we'd be there to late. All of us had probably school jobs exams at the time yeah and then you're making okay twenty four hundred dollars you make three grand oh yeah that's cute but you spent twenty four hundred dollars so now i have six hundred dollars to throw the next show exactly. not to spend on myself not right. to like pay anybody it's just like i ain't for i ain't even get paid in the dog i perform too you know what i mean yeah. and it's like it was just like a lot but they can't see the bigger they can't see the bigger vision i understand what they were saying though like this is my art it should be paid for it Understood. right but it's like we need foundations of building something like so big. what, what yeah. you're describing is a situation where you were in a very different place to these other artists yeah because like again it's like in terms of your vision for yourself you and what's going on to people but if they don't see it if you don't see the value in what you can be no one can show you the value of what you are i know that's all if you if you really like if you if you don't see the vision of what you can be, no one can show the value of what you really are. Yeah. So right now they might have been like, "Yo, dog, are you making this? So I should get this." But it's like, okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm, I'm on is attacking the right. wire. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, dog, like we could do so much more. I ain't care about. I mean, dog. I want to sell out Kensington Oval, dog. You mean <laughs> <laughs> like, like a couple of people little, in the cold, You know what I mean? Small so, change, um, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I had I did leave a baptism. I did really give up. I was like every artist that was saying, "Well, if we go to America, and then I guess what can happen after like Darren kind of like showed that to me too is like also I had some friends that were in Canada, that were in the U.S., that were in these different places in Africa, and I'm talking to them, and they were just like, "Dog, like it's saturated." Yeah, of course. Sometimes it is. you go to open mic night, there are like twenty people signed up. I'm between you on stage, you crow tired. They yeah, nobody want to hear they, you. They clocked out. They want to hear the DJ. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you should love like what you got in Burbank or that. I would love to go to well, the venue. I think I stand up in front of 150 people that actually came there to see. I rap. hear yeah. you. You know what I mean? Because it's like when you go to these small open mic nights over there, it's like they come for the artists that's locally popping in the city because that's what they get. Mm-hmm. Probably two other acts after that because Tops. you know they invested. Gone. And then after that, it just takes one day to be bad, and they're clocked out. Mm, going to get a falafel. You know what I mean? But but you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, Ghost Ghost said something just now that really resonated with me, which is, it's all about having the USP. So whatever your unique selling proposition is, and in in our instance, it will be the story, the narrative, the Bajan, mm-hmm. the Bajan, you know, back, background to what infuses your music. And um, yeah, I I guess. I guess the problem comes back to the fact that art is not appreciated or remunerated in Barbados like mm-hmm. it may be. It, it's elsewhere. treated like a circus side show, bro. Wow. Look at Nifka. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. What wow. does. Wow. Which wow. brings us full wow. circle what to what you said. That Derek Wilkie and Steve Lubin told you. Yeah. 
that's what we were talking about off here. Well, yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking need, about that we off need, here. We need to yeah. wrap that back in here. But yeah, you, you're right. It's not, and and it's not just music. It's in art as a graphic designer. I got out of graphic design and I went into marketing because I knew that I would forever just be a designer. I would never be taken seriously. I would never become a CEO. Of a, there's nowhere to go. You're just seen as hired help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think mm -hmm. that's the, pro and I don't know if that's a, uh, Barbados problem, if that's so, a regional problem. I think it's a Caribbean problem. And I'll tell you why. Our ancestors came from a time where education was as rare as gold. So they invested their time in making people that look like them fit the positions that people that did not look like them once occupied. So it's like doctors, lawyers, blah, blah, blah. Like Siv is speaking like, listen to me, the man is dropping science. You want to hear how quiet I was like, yeah. So, <laughs> my, my man, cricket, stop rubbing their <laughs> legs. Nothing, no, you nothing happening. Shortly after <laughs> that, we became the lawyers, the lawyers and the, the doctors, doctors and, and the educators and the principals and the scholars and the we killing, Thanks. you know what I mean? And we became that. We became that. We thrived at it. We excelled at it. People say all the time that when they get Caribbean students, it's like their work ethic is like compared to none. You know what I mean? But then the problem is that we fixed that problem. Like education is still a problem on on a on a level where it's like certain things need to be fixed, could be better, whatever. But like the rate at which the system is flawed. You know what I mean? But that's a whole different topic. But what I'm saying is, is like <laughs> you the problem was solved. Major issues, right? But no one moved on from that. So now, because money was attached to those positions, it was like my daughter and son ain't going out there and beat no drum and talk about Mother Africa and get paid zero dollars. Mm -hmm. My daughter and son going to school at Harrison College, St. Michael School, Queen College, and he can become a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. I ain't slave in these fields. I ain't grew up from the Lakeridge villages and the Ivies to let my son go out there and talk about why I was born in Barbados. <laughs> I, I could have died twice. I could have done it. <laughs> from the earth of sun and Africa, we unite. I try to scrape. And then I the men I can tell I you a joke. This, this is a segue, right? I love Nifka because I, I participated in Nifka. Me and um, my partner, Lamar Coward, shows out the buff poet. <laughs> Did Nifka together, and we won a silver medal, medal right? And but I'm gonna tell you what my problem with Nifka is. At the time we did a piece called "You Cut Us," it was about stuff that was going on in Barbados, like you know, DLP was in power and different things was going on. You know what I mean? So it was a very politically charged piece. We did the piece, went to all the hearings and everything, and we came to a little table. You do like I don't know if you know what Nifka, but what happens is you do you do your piece in front of the judges before the grand night or whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah, and they right. give you critiques on what you can change like a couple of days before. So you got a chance to change it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they looked at that straight and they were like, yo, this is a gold medal piece. But we can't give you a gold medal because you're criticizing current political they did not tell you that. Of course they did, Tremaine. And they were ashamed to say that. And they were, they were, they were, they were just like, you, you want. Like, if you change, <laughs> they changed to say that. She was like, change these lines. Yuck. Are you good? Vomit. I, 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 I mean, Lamar right. was like, I mean, nah. don't get me wrong. I'm Nifka, Nifka One Cup. So we got yeah. silver medals. Two Nifka One Cup. You know, we blacklist no for you. Nifka is for all people, so show what they can do. 
But I am done. I am finished. We podcast this shit on the floor. Anyway, um, yeah, Red coming soon. Anyway, um, so value attached to art because no one from no offense to your generation no for sure attach value to it i was going to say that you you, I mean? you 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 touch on something extremely powerful mm. because education was was a and still is considered yeah, very rare by many mm-hmm. to be a path out from underneath oppression mm, for sure. so a post-colonial society yeah, really... yeah a, the, a post-colonial society trying to create a middle class mm. uses education as a vehicle to do so well, my counter to so that and, is... and 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 and, mm-hmm. and 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 how do you do that because there are particular positions and so on and particular things within society that are like kind of pillars doctor engineer True. lawyer so you want your children to become this because as you said mm-hmm. i working hard <laughs> in this with my house scrubbing he clothes mm-hmm. so that my son can become the next person to hire a person that is doing this job. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So then yeah. when your son decides, but no, there's a particular type of canvas that I need to represent my feelings on. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Start with I here. Listen to me. <laughs> you think that I went I send you to school with your brother shoes for you to do this nonsense. That's that's what I mean, and that's a reality of the, the of the society that we are and what where we came from. I responded to a lot of that in anger. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We ain't done yet. We do got some Kool-Aid to mix. In the service interview part two, Siv rebels against Barbadian expectations for success. We get into those Bridgetown remixes, formation of Red Eye Records, and the first Wireheads podcast, Cypher. Stick with it. <laughs>